0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the FanCast podcast. This is the podcast where each episode we talk about a comic book character or story arc and talk about how it could become a movie. We go through the cast members as well as the directors. I am your host, John Francis.
1: I am your co-host, Sammy K. Palm.
0: And today we got a pretty good episode for you guys. I'm coming from you guys in Austin, Texas, and Sammy K. Palm is back in the good old Las Cruces, New Mexico. This episode, we're going to be talking about a one-shot from the famous Mark Millar, It is going to be Nemesis. It's a four-issue series, and each issue is just jam-packed with action, wit, and unexpected things. So, Sam, can you tell me a little bit about this book? What's, I guess, the synopsis about it?
1: Definitely, definitely. So, Nemesis is a fun take on a superhero story that kind of flips it on its head uh, in the sense that it follows the arc of the evil character, we kind of get a picturesque look at a character who is rich and uh, has a lot of opportunity ahead of him, a la Batman. And uh, Mark Millar is even quoted on saying this is kind of a take of a comic-style version of if Batman were a quote-unquote cunt. Whoa, Um, Sam language, dude. We have kids (laughs) listening. (laughs) It's it's a quote. It's a quote. Uh, I promise you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, essentially the idea if there was someone who was rich and powerful and had opportunity to either create or destroy... And ultimately, ultimately, we get to kind of follow um, this version of a person who is kind of set out to do some, you know, wrongdoing and some bad. And they have a lot at their disposal. So, ultimately, we're, we are looking at Nemesis here, who is a very powerful supervillain. And we are following him on his quest to kind of um, essentially...
0: Fuck up the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, fuck up the world. And he kind of undermines a lot of, like, important political and uh like police force type characters he outs them kind of makes them seem trivial and uh you know to the world and undermines everything that they're really after so we get this fun look uh this fun this fun take on this dark character and uh ultimately it's it's a really cool brutal comic as well it's fun because there's a lot of outlandish dramatic lines the artwork is very brutal and gruesome and gory and it's just really fun kind of subversion of a hero genre
0: Hell yeah, dude. That was the best put way possible, I think. I was just going to say <laughs> he's, you know, uh, Batman after a cranky day and no coffee, maybe, but
1: that was way more <laughs> in depth
0: than I loved it, dude. Uh, it
1: was a little too much, maybe, but I yeah,
0: yeah. So, so yeah. a little context on this story as well. Um, so, Mark Millar, he is, of course, the guy from Kick Ass. He brought us Kick Ass uh, and many other great stories. Uh, and this is nothing short of amazing compared to his other work. Um, takes that genre that we're all used to and kind of flips it around Um, so right now there's been tons of talks the past half decade or so on making a movie out of this. You know, what production company is gonna have it, whose ball is gonna be in their court, whatever that saying actually is. And so it's been like with Netflix and stuff, and it's probably gonna be around the corner sometime soon that this becomes a thing, especially with Dead Paul ha Deadpool. Dead Paul. Dead Paul. Dead Paul Bart. Maul Bart. What? Uh, <laughs> Um, no, especially, you know, with like all these R rated movies now that are, uh, Marvel movies and DC movies, we got Logan, we got Deadpool, uh, and Definitely. this would just fit in perfectly with that whole market as well. Um, so without further ado, let's get into this, kind of get ahead of the studios and fan cast this movie, say who we think are going to be the main roles, uh, the characters to portray them and also the directors. And if you can think of any cool ideas on where the story might go translating to movie from comic, because it's not always as easy as it sounds, um, what kind of changes would we make? So I'll start it off with the first character, um, our main person, the title character, Nemesis. So thinking of Nemesis, um, he's a very tall, imposing, powerful guy. And when it comes to acting, it's mainly just his wit, um, his bullshit that he gives the commissioner and his mouth his mouth and his uh, face area that's all you get to see from him actually so when it comes to that I think of someone um, who can fit that role and hopefully hold a good character so I uh, originally was thinking Jared Leto but I think there's a little bit of controversy with Jared Leto just because of Suicide Squad Morbius and he's he's either loved or hated in the comic book world right now I personally love him yeah, for other reasons, but he's a cool guy, and uh, but I didn't go with that because of that reason. So ultimately, my reason did come down to Army Hammer, and if you don't know Army Hammer, he is the guy from Call Me by Your Name. Um, he's also from The Lone Ranger, so he's used to wearing masks and kind of having a main in front of the care in front of the camera role. Um, but besides those, I just think he would fit the role perfectly, physically and just acting chops wise. And ironically enough, for this uh, casting, he was originally penned to be Batman in the 2008 Justice League
1: Immortal. Have you ever heard of that, Sam? I have. Yeah, that's awesome. 2008 Justice League Immortal. Wow. An army hammer. Wow. Yeah. I, I I did hear some rumors recently too that I guess were debunked, but I guess recently it was kind of rumor that he was gonna take the uh, Cape Crusader role. You know, after after Batflick. So, what, what do you what do you know about that?
0: I mean. I think people have been throwing his name around just because of Lone Ranger and uh, the original casting in Bat and Justice League Immortal. So he is like uh, known amongst the fans. So maybe they're fan casting him already on the forums and stuff. Um, but when it comes to that role, what I heard ultimately is that his himself or maybe his uh, manager responded saying, "There's no talks about that. Um, the casting is just all BS." Um, But there was a tweet or Instagram post from Army Hammer kind of hinting towards him saying, I wish they would hit me up, though. I'd be Mm. down, maybe. So, whatever. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So in the books,
1: yet, And
0: and even with that, that makes it even better. This is kind of him playing Nemesis, the opposite of Batman, kind of the smack in the face of those studios that maybe stood him up or flunked him or failed him in the beginning. So Army Hammer, fan favorite. And also just he's moving up in the acting ranks. Um, Call Me By Your Name is one of the most beautiful movies ever. Definitely. That's
1: awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so Nemesis, uh, definitely a role that, um, you know, this being such a a kind of weird twisted take on the superhero genre and actually focusing kind of on the, not even anti-hero, but absolute villain, um, having that be the focus of a comic, there's a few routes you can go. You can try to make this as dramatic as possible. I kind of like envisioning this as maybe kind of a comical kind of satirical take on what it means to be a villain
0: definitely and um
1: so i was thinking of actors that could portray that initially um right off the bat after doing a little bit of research too about this particular comic um one thing i found interesting was that the actor brad pitt which i he's done so many fun various roles i thought it'd be fun to see him as a villain he was yeah. actually very involved in the production of kick which is pretty funny um oh so he's buddies with mark millar apparently i guess there's a little bit of kind of connection there but ultimately when i was thinking about who i'd want to play nemesis i was kind of trying to think on the silly side maybe a little out of the box and i thought of an actor who's done some more humorous roles uh and uh known for more of his kind of silly bits and takes especially with uh saturday night live i was thinking andy samberg um (laughs) the damn bamberg oh goodness (laughs) hot rod himself uh Seeing him as like a supervillain would be kind of funny because, of course, like you mentioned, we don't really actually see this character's face. It's more of just kind of the right. jaw oh, mouth. God. and a big physique. honker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, kind of a big nose, big wide smile, a bit of space between the two front teeth, but like <laughs> a really charming smile nonetheless. It'd be fun to kind of see that portrayed in the sense of a villain, a supervillain. Um, I thought that would just kind of be a fun interesting take like I said a comical weird darkness to this I think is very appropriate for what the comic is ultimately reaching towards that would be
0: something that either crashes and burns in the fan community or is risen up through it and becomes (laughs) their champion but that would be very dividing.
1: Yeah, it's a performance I'd like to see either way. Yeah, there might be some controversy there, but uh, it'd be interesting nonetheless.
0: <laughs> huh, man. Do you think that Andy Sandberg knows karate and stuff?
1: <laughs> I mean, I have seen him in uh, Hot Rod. His bail down the mountain, that like <laughs> five minute scene of him just falling down the fucking forest is great. Okay, and so. that
0: was, I think, obviously, they did the stunt double a little too close up <laughs> to let us know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. For a nemesis, he would have to do all his own stunts. So uh. Uh, beautiful.
0: Oh my God. Just imagine him walking on that airplane's uh, wing, <laughs> just chonking along. Hello in
1: there pilots. Happy oh, birthday love... to the ground.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. If he just in those pants, I guess it'd be okay. It's white. <laughs> uh, Well, great. Okay. That's awesome. I like both those. Um, So the second main character I would say is the commissioner. Mm. Um. Give us a little
1: quick, quick backstory on, yeah, who the commissioner is in this context.
0: Right on. So, the commissioner, um, so, let me pull it back even more so. The comic book starts off with Nemesis, uh, defeating, um, I guess something very far planned out with the commissioner in Japan, or the chief Mm -hmm. inspector in Japan, and he kills him just flatly, no mercy, um, and loves it, and kills several thousands after that with the train wreck, which is an awesome scene, um... So, But then he moves on to Washington. Um, so, yeah, Chief Morrow, he's a family guy. He's got a wife and kids. And he, he looks kind of just like he's he's waiting for that Homeland Security uh, promotion, so he's kind of just being the great chief, uh, amazing commissioner, and waiting for that promotion to relax a little bit because he looks a little worn down and weathered. And in those, in those first panels, when you see him, and just looking immediately at that first page, I have just a perfect idea of it. Um, well, let me bring it back to the, who I thought it was going to be. I originally casted. As my fan cast, Daniel Craig from uh, James Bond. Uh, you know, a big, imposing nice. dude. I know, it'd be awesome to see him take on Andy Samberg, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just kind of like that bumpy face, you know, those jaw lines and stuff, a little wrinkly, older guy kind of worn out from being uh, in an awesome role for so long. Um, but ultimately, I went with someone who can do a weathered, rugged look, um, as well as kind of have some more violent roles in them as well. And with that, I chose Vigo Mortensen, who... Really? Can... Yeah, yeah. He just won the Oscars. Um, so he's on a high horse like Hidalgo again. F boy's feeling it. Ooh. So yeah, I chose Vigo Mortensen. He just looks the role. He can play a soft side with family movies. Um, I believe like with Lord of the Rings, I was a softer side in many of those roles. And then also a hard-ass side like we've seen in um, History of Violence. So yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, Police Chief Inspector Blake Morrow... Uh, definitely kind of the, the complete um, polar opposite and antithesis and just exactly what we need to oppose our main nemesis. He's kind of our hero in a sense, even though the story isn't necessarily an inherently focused on him. Uh, Blake Morrow is yeah. definitely a very prominent character. Um, so thinking about characters who could portray him, as you said, he is definitely more of like an aged police officer. He's uh, you know a bit up there. He's definitely had his share of experience. Right off the bat, it shows him, kind of proving his worth and his knowledge and his experience by just easily busting this really high stakes robbery so thinking i was thinking across the board of actors of what we could do and uh there, there's been so many great kind of inspector characters of course we've witnessed gary oldman for example of course for as commissioner gordon and gary oldman is just one of my favorite actors hands down it, it's crazy that you said Morton's in and this definitely has to be partially due to the artwork and and the character but uh my first pick was absolutely no. Viggo Mortensen. Ah. Um, and, uh, honestly, that first panel, it, it really yes. does it's true to character. The jawline, the cheekbones. All, yeah, all the um, rolls in his cheeks. Yes, it, it looks like Viggo Mortensen. It feels like Viggo Mortensen. I just love him as an actor, and he's portrayed so many great different versions of what it means to be a... Uh, so many different pivotal characters. And it's funny right. that, of course... You know, with the, the recent Oscar awards, of course, he's done so great with Green Book, but he has such a great history of, uh, you know, and, and different just diversity of iconic roles that vary so drastically. Yeah. He did the
0: mobster uh, movie. He did the horse loving movie. He did the history of violence movie. Absolutely. Uh, the... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a great
0: choice. I think it's a unanimous decision. The production companies have to go with Vigo Mortensen.
1: <laughs> we want to see him in comic book movies. Let's make it happen. <laughs>
0: Well, actually history of violence was an adaption from a pretty indie uh trade, I suppose. Oh yeah, so that's it. We got the two main roles down. Uh, were there any side roles? I'm guessing uh you know, the commissioner, the chief inspector's uh side partner, uh he kind of was a good guy in the beginning but then betrayed him, ended up working with Nemesis mm-hmm. for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of just shows how deep Nemesis's whole plan was. Is it Nemesis's or Nemesis or Nemesis? <laughs> <laughs> nemesis, Nemes-
1: and then yeah, and then there's an apostrophe S that you don't have to pronounce.
0: Nemesis's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nemesis. Um, nemesis.
0: Yeah. So, th- so for that sidekick, at least, um, I thought it'd be fun to actually uh, cast Maheshala Ali because he's been a bad guy in the Luke Cage season one. Um, if you've been watching. Uh, what's it called, True Detective Season 3 which I just finished uh, he's an amazing, he plays multiple different levels of a detective in that movie, so I think he's made for this role, uh, even though I would like him to be in a bigger role than just a side partner who ultimately betrays him and dies uh, you know, and he was also in Green Room with Hidalgo, so seeing them, I mean with uh, with Viggo Mortensen, not the horse, <laughs> he was in Green Room <laughs> with Hidalgo, he barely fit in the car, it was weird as hell, uh, so yeah, that side character, uh, anybody for you?
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that side character is definitely one that could be very uh brought out, you know, in a movie adaptation of this. Also,
0: the Chief's wife, I could see that very much being an um an Amy Adams kinda she kinda likes these kind of roles. Um, just Ooh. throw in the husband's face at the end of it and stuff. I think it'd be great.
1: Yeah, I love Amy Adams. I think that's a really good choice. I think that'd be great. And his wife in this story, um, I think a very subtle role it'd be fun actually to see that more developed on screen for sure uh for for the sake of just this comic she was definitely kind of only portrayed as being overly dramatic and blaming him for a lot of problems it, it'd be interesting to see that developed a little bit more on screen
0: definitely I think
1: your choice of amy adams is awesome because she's one of my favorite actresses and i think she could do a great job portraying this character no matter what i think she fits it visually and uh Dude, Arrival is one of the Arrival is one of the greatest movies ever. Arrival is amazing.
0: Yeah, Gosh. she leads that like a star. I love it. Definitely, um, definitely. great. So I guess we can move on to the directors then. Yeah. Would you like to start us off with the director choice?
1: Yeah, definitely. So to direct this kind of um, adaption, I definitely think overall, as I've kind of uh, stated a little bit before, this is definitely heavy, uh, heavily satirical in terms of what it what it means to be a comic book, what it means to tell a story from the eyes of quite literally a nemesis from a dark character, it's, it's a flip take on a superhero story. So I think a good bit of tongue-in-cheek uh, is what is necessary to really convey this story in visual terms. I think a good example of what it means to bring a comic book movie to life and it's just silly and it's very controversial whatever but um joel schumacher who directed batman forever yeah yeah i think it's just i I really love that for what it is because it's really silly and stylized um but you think batman forever and it's just it's just such a comic book adaption of what it is as a comic book you know with all the the, uh, yeah um overt colors and tones it's just it's hilarious and funny and weird and there's so many things that are i don't know comic books half of it is you look at a panel and there's quotes and they're over the top and cheesy and fun and there's so many great one-liners that you kind of cringe at but you love it for that at the same time and uh, i think batman forever is a funny example of what it means to be a silly a silly comic adapted into a movie um uh, one other director I think would be fun too to take it on a more serious note. Um, okay,
0: that wasn't your serious guess. <laughs> that wasn't
1: my serious. That was a little sillier version. Uh, one uh, a serious, a more serious note. Uh, David Fincher is one of my favorite directors, um, oh. who's notably done things like Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, and whatnot. And a lot of this movie, or a lot of this, a lot of this story is so much destruction, just obvious, yeah. just you know, ex- expletive destruction, um, trains blowing up planes crashing buildings being demolished um and i think david fincher when we think of like fight club at the very end when they're blowing up all the trw buildings and whatnot it'd be fun right. to kind of see this kind of dark twist on this like psychologically driven dark uh villainous hero not hero, definitely but just a villain so yeah that's, it needs to be kinda... very
0: blunt visually and harsh visually and in your face sure. and also stories story wise so i think that fits perfect
1: Definitely. What did you think for directors?
0: Uh, So in the first moments of thinking about this, I was thinking, okay, this is very dull tones, very amazing cityscapes. It reminded me a lot of uh, The Dark Knight. Just kind of muted colors, mm-hmm. uh, superhero aspect, commissioner versus of course uh, the Batman type hero. So I was thinking Dark Knight the whole time, Batman Begins, and just uh, Christopher Nolan. I think he makes amazing movies, epic scales, um, great stories, original ideas, and uh, even though this isn't, wouldn't be original idea, I think uh, for Comic Book Realm it is. So I think that would be a great idea, but ultimately... I was thinking, okay, it still needs to be crazy, crazy action. It needs to be able to focus on the villain more so, or equally to the uh, the antagonist and protagonist, meaning it'd be kind of equal characters roles. And also kind of plot-driven. Uh, it's like a mission. It's like a terrorist plot. So, of course, I was thinking the Mission Impossible Realm. And out of those, the one I think that fits best with this, especially because of how it's so villain-driven, is the third one with J.J. Abrams. So um, in that movie, J.J. Abrams directs uh, Tom Cruise and Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain and just really knows how to take advantage of that character and show amazing shots all across the world, the globe, chasing each other one step ahead of each other. I think he would be able to handle this type of movie, this type of plot-driven movie where each scene leads into the next scene and it gets bigger and bigger and stakes get higher i think that'd be perfect having a mission impossible director and jj abrams for me is just an all-around guy uh all-around guy you know i have cookouts with him and stuff he's his family's amazing um but oh yeah so yeah (laughs) i think that just because of that um i think it'd be awesome and the fan base would be all about it and jump on it super easily so yeah jj abrams can knock it out of the park for me
1: that's awesome.
0: Oh, gosh. And even thinking back to Overlord that just came out, uh, insanely brutal. Um mean, kind of some just, like, violent aspects in it so he can handle this insane violence that would be a nemesis, like the prison scene when he just goes haywire on all of those prison guards.
1: That's definitely a very pivotal point in this comic. Yeah, the brutality and sheer just like I love, uh, there, there's a name for it, but I love, there's so many uh, comics and uh, movie scenes where it's kind of, like, a character runs through a hallway just kind of on a rampage, just so yeah. stuff. You think of like Wanted, which is also something that was done, which was a Mark Millar uh, universe oh, story. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It's all part
1: of the Millar world. Yeah. Definitely. There's so many different scenes where it's like one character running through this kind of hallway, just destroying whatever. You even think of like the Matrix, first Matrix and yeah. they the bank vault, you know, they have to bust in and save. Um, you, you see this time and time again it's it's awesome hell yeah that's cool um mission impossible that's funny i was just, that made me think a little on a side note but that opening scene i think it may have been mission impossible 2 may have been 3 but where uh tom cruise is climbing that rock oh, somewhere that's in too, utah
0: yeah <laughs> he's like jumping
1: around i was thinking of that just specifically because the oscars happened and uh free solo won best documentary with um Alex oh, yeah Tuttle. yeah yeah jimmy chin yeah so. Yeah, nice. so fun stuff.
0: <laughs> More climbing in movies, please.
1: More climbing in movies, please, yeah.
0: Um. So that wraps up our first episode on Nemesis. Um, I think it went good. Hopefully the production company is really just reach out to us and get our intake because clearly we have it and it's the best.
1: This is your host,
0: John Francis.
1: And this is your co-host, Sammy K. Palm. We will see y'all next
0: week on the Fancast Podcast with Captain Britain. All right. <laughs> Adios, muchachos. Latest.